All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Well, a tantalizing Tuesday afternoon. How are you? And welcome to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Also live on Oilers Nation YouTube, presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where ooh, 16 NHL games for you to choose from tonight. So a lot of options. Also, another game seven. The Rangers spanked the Astros. God, I shouldn't take that much joy out of a, a of a team losing, but I did. I don't have. I don't really cheer for the Rangers. I was just cheering against Houston, and it was uh, great to see tonight. Arizona, Philly. You know what? I actually hope both teams win. I. You know what? I like both stories. So. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I'd probably lean towards Philly winning tonight, but in Game 7, you never know, baby. You never know what's going to happen. And uh, what's going to happen in 16 NHL games? Who knows? Lots of odds, lots of games to play. Check it out, playalberta.ca, where also today, Lotto Max 32 Schmill. Whew. Mix one of those tickets in. Be a nice little win for you, wouldn't it? Speaking of wins, the Edmonton Orders. Hoping to get one tonight in a place that has not be very kind to them. They've lost their last five straight. Going into Minnesota, we talked about this yesterday. Minnesota, you know, Edmonton's like Nashville and Minnesota's Edmonton lately. Minnesota wins for fun. Now, right now, the Wild are not playing very well. They are getting crushed five on five. They're, they're giving up scoring chances. They're giving up goals left and right. The one thing they do well, they capitalize on their chances. They're averaging 3.6 goals per game, despite being like 23rd in expected goals. Like, they're well above what they should be doing, and that's even keeping them in games, but they're still getting waxed. right? They had a, they had a shutout in their opening game. Since then, they've given up seven to the Leafs, seven to the Kings. They beat Montreal 5-2. And then they gave up five goals and 54 shots to Columbus. Now, look at the Columbus lineup. The Edmonton Oilers lineup without Connor McDavid is not grossly more inept than Columbus. Minnesota has a lot of inexperience on their blue line tonight. Brock Faber, his eighth NHL game. You have Kalen Addison, who's in their second pair. Faber's in their... Him and Addison are both in their top two pairs. Addison, he's a sophomore. Right, he's a smaller defenseman, good puck mover, but he's not a great defender in their uh, second pair. And then they got Mermis in the uh, third pair, and he's a guy who's basically played six years in the American League. 
He's 29 years of age, and uh, tonight will be his 31st NHL game. He debuted in 2017-18, so he's mainly been in the American League since. But due to injuries to uh, Jared Spurgeon, also uh, Alex Goligoski, who they put on LTIR last week, they got some defending issues. And I know there's no Connor McDavid tonight, but Evander Kane, hello, paging Evander Kane. It's time to put up. We saw Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle last time McDavid went out. They elevated their game. I have no qualms that Leon Drysaddle can be a number one center. I have no issues with it. Now, Matthias Janmark is a first line right winger. We can have a conversation about that. Clearly, the coach wants a defensive conscious player with Kane and Drysaddle. It doesn't like I'm not a rocket scientist, but it's pretty easy to figure out that's what he wants. We can disagree with it, but that's what he wants to start. So we'll see what happens. Fogel and Hyman will be on the second line with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan McLeod, Connor Brown, Connor Brown, Dylan Holloway. Now, if you're looking for monikers for a line, you know, the donut line, it's probably not a great endearing one, but that's what they are. No goals on that line. So I understand that you would say, hey, why isn't Dylan Holloway getting more of a chance? I get it. But it's a lot easier for a coach to say, yeah, but he has no goals. Now, I know Yanmark has no goals either. So I guess they go with the, the defensive veteran. Now, if this was Dallas or Vegas, I'd actually understand it. Because when Yanmark plays Dallas or Vegas, he's a top line, top six scorer. He always scores against his former teams, but it's not. So we'll see. Maybe the coach is right. We'll find out. It is a perplexing decision, but one that is clearly based on they think his defensive acumen is better. It's more important this time. We'll find out. And then uh, Ernie and Ryan will be the 10th and 11th forwards. Defense pairings, Nurse and Sisu have been very good uh, this season. Very good. You can read the Orders Nation article today to outline uh, why that pair and oh, by the way, because I know usually if Nurse has anything positive, he'll be like, yeah, but he plays with McDavid. We'll go see Nurse's numbers without McDavid and then go see McDavid's numbers without Nurse. Hmm. You might be surprised at uh, who has done way better away from the other one. And keep in mind, McDavid and Drysdale have played in the same line lots of times. So don't say, it's oh, it's because he's playing with Drysdale to the rest. No. Nurse has only played one-third of his minutes with McDavid. He's played two-thirds away from him. Bouchard, Ekholm can both play better. Ekholm, I have to assume, is slowly picking up the pace after you know playing a little bit of catch up. Then Kulak will be with uh, Broberg and uh, Deharnay, and then obviously sometimes Broberg and Deharnay as well will be a pair. Jack Campbell will get the start in goal up against Philip Gustafson, who uh, started the season great, and actually he's played well in lots of other games. He had a forty-four, forty-one save shutout. Yeah, he had an over 900 save percentage when you give up five goals. Why? Because he faced 54 shots. So he hasn't really been the problem in Minnesota. But uh, Edmonton is hoping that Minnesota's defense can be the solution to them scoring a few more goals. Because they got a lot of guys who need to uh, buck up offensively. I get their defense. And the funny thing is, look at the game against Winnipeg. The Oilers outshot them 32-14, 5-on-5. They outscored them 5-on-5. Gave up a power play goal. Gave up a shorthanded goal. And then a three-on-three goal. So last game, I thought the orders, pretty good five-on-five. So you go into Minnesota. uh, Kaprizov, their most dangerous player. He's off to a slow start. Struggling five-on-five. Why? Because they're spending too much time in the defensive zone. If you look at Kaprizov... And uh, it is one of the great new tools that they have at the, the NHL Edge site. He's been in the defensive zone almost the same amount of time as he has been in the offensive zone. And for offensive zone players, guess what? That's not going to work. 42% in the offensive zone, 40% in the defensive zone. Compare that to a guy like Drysaddle, who's 48% in the offensive zone, 35 in the defensive zone. That's what you want from your top guys. And that's usually why they're going to be more productive. Because not only are they in the offensive zone, they create chances when they're offensive zone. And the Edmonton Orders as a team are number one in the NHL 
in offensive zone possession time. Number one. You know, they're number nine in inner slot shots. They're actually getting chances. They're simply not scoring. So they need some guys to bear down. The other thing I think Edmonton needs, get a little bit more traffic in front. They have two goals from mid or long ranges here. Two. Minnesota has nine. And look at the goals Edmonton's given up. How many goals has the other team scored with shots from the point? Or guy walking in five feet inside the blue line, 10 feet inside the blue line. Quite a few, right? Vancouver had two in the first game. They had another one in their other game. Bodies in front. Goaltender can't see it. Edmonton, it's a simple thing. It's something you are taught from a young age. Go to the net. Stay there. Oilers get some shots through. And here's the thing. Like, look at the order. Darnell Nurse has 14 shots on net. He's only missed twice. Evan Bouchard. Him and Nurse are like, they're hitting the... Now, I wasn't include shots that were blocked, but I haven't seen a lot of shots blocked by either one of them. Those two guys are getting their shots through. Get somebody in front of the net. That's on the forwards. You got to pay the price. You got to be willing to get there. Because uh, Bouchard and Nurse, who obviously are in separate pairs, they play a lot. They've been very accurate. When they shoot, it's getting on net. And that's when chaos can happen. So forwards, buck up a little bit, pay the price, get in front of the net. So you can get involved in the show. You can text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. You look outside. You don't You don't even want to think it, but it's true. There's no point fighting it. Don't pretend it's not happening. Be wise. Think about it. Because... It's wise to winterize right now at Jiffy Loop. You can give me your thoughts uh, on the lines. Also, around the NHL, uh, other games tonight, it's funny, the Chicago Blackhawks, all they do right now is play teams that haven't lost. <laughs> Man, they got a pretty tough skit. So uh, they're taking on the, you know, they just lost to Vegas, who's undefeated. Now they take on the Bruins tonight, who's undefeated. And then their next game, Vegas again. So, a uh, tough little run for uh, Connor Bedard. I guess they really wanted to to give him the welcome mat to the NHL. Let's give you like the most difficult possible schedule to start the season. And that's what's happening. Uh, Toronto and Washington are the first of 16 games tonight. So, if you've planned it, and now we can have the conversation. I love this idea. And I, I reached out to some NHL people. And I'm saying, okay, I like the idea. But my question is, why on a Tuesday? So I try to rationalize and say, okay, so why would they do this on a Tuesday? So, and, and keep in mind, today's the tip off of the NBA. So, and they're only playing two games. So after tonight, the NBA has lots of games. ESPN has lots of them on TV. So is that part of it? But why not wait? Until college football season is over, because I know they have big contracts in the States for college football on Saturdays. Why not wait till it's over and have a Saturday hockey frenzy? We've had Hockey Day in Canada, which was only ever three games, right? Because there were six teams, seven then. So you can only ever play three teams. And I know that sometimes Canadian other team played an American team. Not the same. So why not have this on a Saturday? You can start the games at noon Eastern. Hey, you don't, you don't have to go every 15 minutes. You could definitely space them out a little bit more. All right, every half hour, you get your 16 games in. The late game would start at 8 o'clock Mountain Time, 7 o'clock Pacific Time, and you'd have more than enough time. And I think you do it in January, where the odds of it being a tad chilly in Edmonton or Calgary or Winnipeg or Detroit or Toronto, name their place. There's a lot of places a little chillier in January. Heck, even the hot spots are chillier in January. So I like the idea, the date, a little bit of a head scratcher to me. Don't like the uh, nine o'clock mountain time start for Vegas. Well, but that's eight <laughs> o'clock local. So Edmonton fans are like, we've had a lot of eight o'clock local yeah. starts, right? So I don't worry about, I don't worry about the late game. Because it's going to be impossible not to. You do it. It's you know it's eight o'clock uh, Pacific. To, I mean seven o'clock Pacific time on uh, on a Saturday at best anyway. So that part I don't mind. I just 
to do it on a Tuesday, I think you're limiting your audience is all I'm saying. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I think. I think on a Saturday, you you have a better chance to, to lock people in. And you know what? Uh, you don't want to have as many games going on. Like, it'll be cool. I guess, you know, it's kind of like you have your own red zone for uh, for ESPN, right? They're just going to go from game to game, and that's exciting. And I think people will get into it because that's why I've said this for years. The reason NFL is so exciting for people, because a lot of the games suck if you actually look at the individual game in the NFL. But because you're watching a game that's terrible, but then you're getting highlights of all the scores in the other games ongoing, oh, Jesus, lots happening. Right? It tricks you. So, you know what? It'll be like goals all the time. So that part will be good. But uh, I do wonder how much better it could be potentially on a Saturday. Uh, Gregor, this just coming down. Superstar defenseman Rasmus Anderson won't be playing in the Heritage Classic. Four-game suspension upheld. Superstar defenseman? <laughs> I think that was dropped earlier today on the station. Star player um, Rasmus Anderson. Hey, he's a good player. Don't He's probably their yeah. best defenseman. But he's the biggest pretender, right? In my opinion, he's the biggest pretender in the NHL. Could call him Pre-Anderson. That's what we could call him. Rasmus Pre-Anderson. Because to me, he's one of the biggest pretenders in the league. So, there you go. And, and you know what? That's a smart decision. That's, uh, uh, hey, I get the system. I understand that they want to appeal it. But there was no reason for that not to be upheld. So, uh, he'll be out four games. And away they go. Hey, Gregor, is Ozone time all at five on five? No, it's everything. But every other team, if you're going to say, well, the orders are on the power play. Yeah, every other team's on the power play. And the orders this season aren't one of the most uh, um, power play opportunity teams in the league. So that everybody's the same umbrella. It's overall offensive zone possession time puck on your stick. And the orders are number one. And they're not producing. You can look at them. Uh, their expected goal, actually, overall, their expected goals are eighth. Their actual goals, they're 19th. It's not good enough. It's not good enough at all. But if you, if you want to say, well, what about the power play? Well, then, sure, we can look at, uh, at power play opportunities. And uh, you look at the orders. Power play time per game. Do you know where the orders rank? 18th at 5 minutes and 46 seconds. Carolina's first at 8 minutes and 30 seconds. So it's not because the power play that the orders rank number one in offensive zone possession time. It's just not. Hey, guys, if you look at uh, Holloway's draft class, there are numerous players taken above him and below him playing on good teams that have been given way more of an opportunity. The orders in dire need of young guys and cheap contracts to make an impact. By not playing them, they're delaying finding out. Why the other slow playing guys so much? Bouchard should have been up a year earlier. Broberg, Holloway, all prospects dying on the vine. Not going to use them. At least we like Vegas and trade them before they lose value. Uh, I really don't think Bouchard... Uh, Bouchard was a very rare situation. Then he would have been in the minors if it wasn't for COVID and they couldn't send him down. So I don't really put Bouchard in that category. Um, Broberg, he was here last year. Now, if you want to say that they should have played him more, where? Right? Where? So I don't think he was ready last year. Um, Holloway, yeah, this season, now it's five games. Last year, Holloway was in the minors. And I don't really, everybody develops at different times. Other teams, you know what? Mercer's worked out really well for New Jersey. Awesome for him. It's not always the case. So I, uh, Holloway, I think I've seen big improvements in his game. And we're going to talk to him today. And uh, over five games... Would I like to see a few more minutes from him? Yes. I've already seen him on the penalty kill, which he didn't use last year. So there's a, an increase for him. And after 40 games, I'll be curious to see what the uh, the minutes per game are for Dylan Holloway. Um, I can understand the frustration when you see a Matthias Janmark get an opportunity ahead of him. And to me, that'll be a main question when I ask Jay Woodcroft. So just explain to us what's the reason behind the decision. That's all. I don't have to agree with it. I just want to know what it is. And we see the coach next. We'll be asking him. Take a quick break. Uh, we will return with Jason Greyer showing Sports 1440. Hey, baby, guess something you haven't seen in person since 2005. You'll have a chance to do it in a few weeks. We'll tell you what it is next. The Greyer Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. 
You know, I got into refing for the excitement. He's going for the chair! Turns out wrestling is completely scripted. But you know what's exciting and unscripted? PlayAlberta.ca With an all-new sports book, odds boost and betting on any game. PlayAlberta.ca Go all in on excitement. Sign up today with promo code SPORTS50 and get a $50 free bet. Official gaming partner of the Edmonton Oilers. Remember, if you gamble, use your game sense. 2-22 on a Tuesday afternoon. It is a game day, a busy day in the National Hockey League. Also, the tip-off of the NBA season. We're going to talk about the NBA. Whew. Denver, of course, has a really good chance to repeat. But I think there's a lot of really good teams. I'm not sure there's a great team, which is great. Makes for uh, more excitement. Uh, we'll get to that later on. We've got Sean Brown, Dave McCarthy, uh, Jason Strudwick, uh, Jesse Pierce will join us from Minnesota to get the uh, wild scoop, uh, spec, DVD. So loaded, loaded show. But first, we're going to go in the community because guess what? You have something that you have an opportunity to see live in person that you haven't had since 2005. As we go in the community, brought to you by United Sport and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona. United's been supporting hockey and their community for over 95 years. United Sport and Cycle. And we are joined by the head coach of the University of Alberta Golden Bears football program. They are 6-1. and one. They have clinched home field advantage. They're going to have a playoff game at home, not this coming weekend because that wraps up the regular season against UBC, the only team that's beat them. And then the following weekend, they will be at home with a playoff game. Uh, Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, I'm pretty good, Chris. Um, I've been watching your team with with interest this year and a very dominant uh, team. You guys um, have played very well. And I know know, there's no such thing as a perfect season by any stretch from a coach's standpoint. But what has stood out to you as a guy who's seen this development and seen your program? What's impressed you most about your team's 6-1 record thus far? Uh, I just think the maturity of the the kids in the program, like really sort of – they've really adopted some things that lead to success and, and, and lead to them being like a, kind of a special group. Like they, they work harder than any group we've ever had. And they've done that for probably about the last three years where it's like, they just, the off season is what more can you give us coach? What more can we do? The captains are, are all about like, how can we get better by any means necessary? And that's, that's one of the big things that's kind of built in our culture over the years where, you know, in, in the past, we, we, you know, like, are we doing too much? Are we doing this? Are we doing that? And this group has just embraced, like, whatever it takes. We're going to work as hard as it takes to get it done, and we're going to do even more than that. And I think that's – you watch these guys, whatever, you ask them to study more, you ask them to look something over before a meeting, you ask them to be prepared for something in a certain way, and whatever you ask them for, they do. And that is, to me, you know, it's, it's a special group, and we're, we're really, really happy to be working with these guys and to watch them have, having grown up with us, and we're excited for the next few weeks, too. Great. Is Matthew Peterson going to come back this year? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, Matt will be back. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the only reason I ask, hey, you lose him, but then, uh, you know, uh, you got to have depth across the board. And uh, he goes out and then uh, Oceanubi comes in and all he does is rush for 192 yards on 15 carries. Now, being a former O-lineman, I think it's fair to say when your team's rushing that consistently well, your O-line's doing something up front. Yeah, we have a good group up front. Like, we have some some veteran guys in there. Like, Daniel Shin was an All-Canadian last year. Nolan O'Donovan is a, a left guard for us. He's just really in his second year starting. But he's been with us for a few years, and he, he got a little bit nicked up last year, but he's a tremendous player. Cody Newman at tackle, uh, Carter Stewart at our other tackle, and, and we have a, a young kid from Grand Prairie named Matt Udine, who is just I, – I, I'm not – like, we have a kid in the NFL right now. Like, Matt might be the first, the best first-year guy I've ever seen. Hmm. So it's, uh, it's a really, really good group up front. Now, it's Matt, Matthew Peterson and Opie, they're both special running backs too, but it's, it's, uh, we're, we're blessed that we have some really good athletes playing offensive line for us as well. What makes him so good as a first year? Yeah, you know, his balance. I remember watching him. Like, I, we used to do, we do outreach camps. And I remember watching him when he was, like, 13 years old and, and talking to his parents about, man, they're like, he has the best balance I've ever seen. Like, he just, he's like, <laughs> like that alien thing that attaches to your face in those movies. And you just, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get it off you. And that's, that's kind of mad. He's just such a good athlete. He gets onto people, and they just can't seem to, to get away from him. He's, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of gifts. He's a little short, but like he, for a six foot tall lineman, like honestly, if he was six three, he'd be playing somewhere in the NFL or not in the NFL in the NCAA right now in a Div one program. But uh, we're very, very fortunate to have him. 
Chris Morris joins us, head coach of the U of A uh, Bears uh, football program. They wrap up the regular season against UBC. Chris, uh, the only team that beat you la- this season, uh, you know, they beat you 54-37. When you go back and look at that game, what what didn't you like about that performance? Uh, obviously, if you give up 54, that you know, that's captain obvious. But what happened in that game? They, they executed at such a high level, like such a high level. Their offense just did everything right. Like, I think we only punted three times in that game, but we didn't execute at a high enough level on offense to stay with them and to have a chance to win the game right at the end. Okay. So for me, it was about like, you know, sometimes people are going to score lots of points on you. If you have the ability to keep moving the ball and keep doing things and stay on schedule on offense, you're going to stay in those games. So that there's a couple things, obviously getting that many points scored on us is never ideal, but our, we have the ability to keep up with people and to score with them. And we just, we just short-circuited it a few times. And it only takes a couple times when you're playing against an elite team like that. And that, to me, was what was disappointing with that last game. And I, I think we're going to be vastly improved when we play on this Saturday, and we're, we're excited for it. Is that kind of the ideal matchup for your team? You know what? Uh, there's, yeah, okay, we've clinched and everything, and that's great. And then maybe you'd take your foot off the gas, but the guy's like, no, no, this is the only team that's beat us. Is this, in, from a coaching perspective, is this kind of like the ideal opponent heading into the postseason? Yeah, it's, it's funny because, like, everybody's good, right, in Canada. <laughs> so you're, you're, like, all these teams, like, there are a couple teams that had injuries at the beginning of the year, and they struggled a little bit. And Regina's a little bit young this year, so they're a little behind everybody. But everyone else, Jason, everyone else can win on any given day. So it's like, it, it's funny. Like you think, okay, maybe you're taking things for granted. Maybe you're, but I'm, I'm telling you, man, everyone in our locker room understands the nature of the beast here. And that's like, if we don't play really well, we're not just going to get beat. We're going to get beat good. And it's, it's the nature of our conference. It, it's, it's unique in the country and that there are no really weak sisters. So like to take the gas off, in any game in this conference, you're just going to get beat, and it's just non-negotiable. That's just what's going to happen. So I think we're past that, but I, I just think it's uh, – I think getting to play the team that's beat us in the last regular season game is good just because it gives us a chance to see where we are compared to where we were last time we played. And it also could mean home field advantage in the final, right? Because if UBC beats you, you're both 6-2, and two, then they'd win the tiebreaker. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it is for first place. It's a first-place game. and you know, We talked about this a few weeks ago. Like We, we want to win out. Like We don't want to lose again. And like, that's our, that's our mentality going into this game. That's been our mentality going into the last three games. It's, it's, we want to see how far we can go with this. We know we have a special group. The kids know it's a special group. The coaches know it's a special group. And we want to do everything we possibly can to be prepared to, to be in the best possible position to win every game going forward. You've shown in your games against the Huskies, Chris, that you can lock it down defensively and limit the opposition at 20 points. Right. Um, you know, some of the other games being high scoring a little bit, specifically the UBC game. But uh, overall, you know, we know when it gets into November that sometimes the style and football changes a bit. Are you confident that your team can grind it out in the trenches on both sides of the ball come playoff time? Yeah, we're very good on the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Like our offensive line, I think, is the best in the country. Like I really I have a lot of time and respect for the, for the young men we have in that unit and their athleticism and the way they play. I, th- I think they're as good as you get. Now, UBC is, a, is very, very good as well. Like they have a very good offensive line, too. Um, our defensive line is talented and, and, and physical, and our interior guys are as good as anybody you can get in the country. And our ends are, are young guys who are playing really well as well. So I, I think we're built right for close games. I think we've won a bunch of close games this year. We're built, we're, we're built right, especially for the run, to run the ball and to stop the run. So as you know, as it gets to closer and closer to minus 20, which is going to happen over the next few weeks, those are, those are good attributes to have built in your football team. So I, I think we're sitting, we're sitting in a good spot with those things. But again, it comes down to, you know, you can have all the best guys in the world. On Saturday afternoon, you've got to do certain things a certain way in order to compete. We have to make sure we take care of that. Chris, I want to ask you, you talked earlier about how, you know, this group just works really hard, maybe the hardest working group you've had, uh, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you've changed your messaging. It's just this is a group of guys who are super hungry. And, and a lot of times that comes down to culture a little bit. There's personalities in the room, and I think you've experienced that probably. If, if you were honest about your time in the green and gold, uh, you probably knew some years when you had a better chance just based on the overall culture. And then obviously you need some health for your team. But when you look at it now, you've been at this level for a long time. You were in the CFL for almost two decades as well beforehand. Are you like now that you kind of are, are really experienced as a coach? What have you learned, maybe more in the last few years that that you didn't maybe know prior as a coach? 
Well, what I'll tell you is this, is I knew very little when I first took over here. Like, I was a high school principal. I played a lot of football, and I knew what good football looked like. But when I took over this program, they didn't hire me because I had a bunch of experience as a coach. Like, I, I coached at high school, right? So I had to learn the recruiting. I had to learn the offseason. I had to learn how to structure practices. I had to learn a lot when I got here. And, it, it, you know, we had, we had obvious issues as far as talent and everything else, but no one's learned more over the last 10 years than I have. And no one's tried to get better and improve and had longer to go, really, than myself personally. So if I look at the last five years and I say, okay, we made the playoffs for that first time in my, in my fifth year, and, and that allowed us, Jason, that allowed us to start recruiting top kids. And luckily for, for me, is like I, at that, that was the point where I knew where they were and how to find them and how to access them and how to, you know, we had enough money at that point to, to actually recruit and get scholarships. And okay. it's, to answer your question, it's been a growing process for yeah. me as a, as a person, as a coach through this whole experience. Like it's, and, you know, you look at, this is not an easy job when you look at you sports head coach because you're, you have to fundraise. Like we have to fundraise more than half our budget every year. We have to like staff. I have to get guys that want to come coach your Jason and, and not really get paid too much, yeah. you know? And, and then I have to find the money to hire the guys that we do pay. And then, then, then you have all the kids that you have to, you have to figure out, okay, how are we going to support them academically? And what are we going to do? And what, what tools do we have to make sure that's successful? And like, there's just a million things that you have to learn and be good at to be a coach. And I wasn't very good at them when I started here 10 years ago and I've, I've improved. I think I've worked hard at it. And I think one of the reasons they hired me is because, you know, they knew that I would, they knew that I'd work and they knew, they probably knew that I didn't know what I was doing when I got there. Even though I, probably, I probably, I probably gave them the impression that I really did, but they knew that I'd keep working at it. And one of the things that I think is important in anybody, you just, you just, you don't quit. You just keep working and working and working and eventually things will come out for you. And I think that's, that's kind of what's happened with us as a program. We just kept working no matter what other people said, no matter what other people thought about us as a group. And that's why I'm so proud of those young men in that locker room. They just kept grinding and just kept believing. And now we are, we are where we want to be. And now we just got to sort of keep showing people and keep performing. Chris Morris joins us, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears. Uh, your defensive coordinator is A.J. Gass. Your offensive coordinator is Rick Walters. Guys you played with, uh, you know, ultra-competitive guys in, in different ways. How competitive is it in the coaching room when it's uh, O versus D on the field? Well, I'll tell you this. It's written on the board every day. Who wins? <laughs> it's O versus D every day and every period, and we keep track of every rep. And it's, you know, it's funny because when you track all those things, when we win games, those things are always close during the week. When it's off one way or the other, those are the games we tend to struggle in. So those are really good metrics to sort of keep track of as you're going through and you're sort of evaluating your team. But, yeah, there's not really – and all of our guys are very, very competitive guys, but Rick and AJ for sure, like they, they want to win on a daily basis. Well, Chris, congratulations. Um, you know what? Hopefully you finish the season uh, the way you want with the victory against UBC. Then you'd have a home field advantage through the uh, uh, Canada West playoffs. Uh, either way, though, a first home playoff game since 2005. It's big for the program. i got to think it's going to help recruiting uh, even better. So uh, continued success and uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. That is uh, Chris Morris, the uh, head coach of the Bears. I'm telling you right now, man, you want if you're looking for some good football action this weekend – Get down to Foot Field on the 28th, which, of course, is Saturday, 1 o'clock. It's the Bears and UBC for first place. Bears are 6-1. and one, UBC's 5-2. and two. UBC beat Alberta in UBC a few weeks ago. The Bears will be looking for uh, retribution. Should be a heck of a game. Heck of a game. I was in the community brought to you by United Sport and Psycho. We will, uh, lots of texts flying in at 833-401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Hey, Gregor, did you guys see the article that was released today in The Athletic where they asked some players what they thought about their player tears article that released prior to the season? One anonymous player said, Ekholm before Rasmus Anderson? Come on. My money is that Rasmus Anderson was referring to himself in third person, Eric. <laughs> Um, I would guess it might be a teammate of his. And hey, make no mistake, Rasmus Anderson's a good player. If we're just talking on ability, Rasmus Anderson's a very good player. I just think he's a pretender with his tough guy routine. I can't stand it. Talks tough, acts tough, cheap shot arse, doesn't back it up. But as a player, he's a good player. I'd have no issues if he was on my team. 
He can play. And I like guys that stir the pot, but just at some point back it up. That's all. Hey, guys, you think the Oilers would have any interest in Robertson from Toronto? Seems like a modern-day uh, Ray Whitney or Marty St. Louis. That one comes from the Hammer. Uh, interesting question. I don't think Toronto has a, has a huge rush in wanting to get rid of him right now. Right? They look at their top six, and they're like, hey, you know what? It's all right. They're, he's in the minors a little bit due to cap situation, right? Um, they don't necessarily want to play him in a fourth line role. He doesn't kill penalties. So he's not going not gonna to get a lot of ice time there. Um, I, and I also think that they're kind of seeing where he's at. A few years ago, he looked good, right? Came in as a young guy. Was very good. But, you know, injuries last year kind of derailed his season. Right? So what is he, 22? He's still a super young guy. But he only played a total of what? I want to say like 15 games in the NHL and maybe 10. I'll look it up. I don't even think he played that many in the minors. So um, I think it's a lot of, hey, just, you know, let this guy get healthy. He hasn't played a lot of hockey games. Like, I think he's played, I don't even think he's played 100 pro games. I remember looking it up. Like he's had some injuries, and then there was the COVID season and stuff. Like I know he's only played like thirty in the NHL, and I'll look it up at the break. But I, I want to say he's only played like sixty or fifty in the American League. Like this is this is not a guy that's been three full seasons of tons of games played. All right, so I don't know if Toronto is just ready to to get rid of him just yet. I know he's starting in the minors, off to a good start, and then he had what I'd look. I think he had six points in four games or something like that. So. It's good. You want you want guys to over-ripen in the minors. Nothing wrong with that. But he's got to be some of the plays in their top nine. And they don't necessarily have a lot of room there. One injury, I could see him being called up. I'll say that. Quick break. Uh, we'll return. We got uh, more on the orders or in Minnesota to take on the Wild. 16 games in the National Hockey League tonight. Also, the champs are back. The NHL champs are off to a very good start. Will we see the same from the other champs? We'll find out next on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Two. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Ooh, 45, how are you? Busy Tuesday. Man, there's lots going on. Big rumor in the uh, NBA about a superstar potentially on the move. Ooh, or at least one team... Uh, Willing to back up the Brinks truck to get him. No surprise, man. The NBA, there's no better league when it comes to making monster moves than the NBA. They are willing to trade away everything. Sometimes it works. Lots of times it doesn't. But uh, they like doing it. No question about that. And uh, let's get to our NBA report now. Brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. It's chilly outside. Get in now. 
Get a new furnace, no payments for a year at LegacyHeating.ca. And remind you, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour from Legacy, day two of Help Your Neighbor, where you could qualify. And you're going to gift someone a brand new high-efficiency furnace from Legacy. Pretty cool. We welcome in former uh, professional player and coach, basketball analyst Paul Sir joins us once again as the NBA will tip off tonight. Two games, and then they uh, get things going uh, later on. Paul, um, nothing like the NBA to have a rumor. Uh, I want to start with it uh, because it's it's a fairly big one from Keith Pompey out of uh, New out of Philadelphia. Well, basically, he reports on the Sixers, but that the Knicks are willing to offer a package that includes three of Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, and Mitchell Robinson, plus picks in exchange for Joel Embiid. Would this be a good move for the Knicks? <laughs> Wow. Uh, when, when you were in your uh, opening remarks, Jason, did you ever hit it on the head? What other league, what other league even thinks of this stuff? You know what I mean? It's like we talk about rolling the dice. Wow. When you just, when I hear it out loud, it's incredible. Would it be a good move for the Knicks? Heart, I, I don't know. I, you know, like Embiid, Here's why I wouldn't do it. What has Embiid won so far? Nothing. Is that his fault? No. Was he MVP last year? Yes. Is he a, a, a super talented player? Absolutely. Is he a cohesive locker room, team building guy, win at all cost guy? I don't think so. Uh, he's an interesting guy. That doesn't mean he's that he's a great, dedicated competitor guy. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think that what the Knicks are giving up is their, not just their future, they're giving up their present and their future and, and rolling the dice. And I don't think this has any of the ingredients that the Raptors had when they won the NBA championship. I don't think they have enough pieces around him to build a championship team by taking that much of their talent away and displacing it and relying on MB to take them to the next level. And you know, that, that it just seems like a lot. Yeah. Here's my concern about Joel Embiid. last year in the regular season. He averaged 33 points in the playoffs. He averaged 23 the year before he averaged 30 points in the regular season. He had 23 in the postseason. Now it's three years ago. He was 28 in both. So my concern about Embiid is He's never really elevated his play come playoff time. That's my concern. And if I was the 76ers, I actually think I would make this trade. If if I get three of those guys, I would make the – plus you're going to get some picks, I'd make that trade. In a heartbeat. Totally agree with you. You just summed it up uh, similar to the James Harden case. Like what has he done when the spotlight really goes on, the regular season ends, and every game matters? And the numbers you just shared and the records speak for themselves. So far, nothing. And what is the basis of your thinking in this new environment that's going to change if I'm the Knicks? Now, if I'm the Sixers, I'm thinking exactly like you just said. You're getting, you're not just getting decent talent. You're getting really, really good talent. Randall, Barrett, these are good basketball players. Like, these are guys who can really really play and I in terms of net result for this year I I don't nobody even talks about Philadelphia being in the mix for the championship in the east everybody's you know pointing of course towards Milwaukee and Boston but Philadelphia is way down the list so if it's the Sixers couldn't agree with you more Jason make the deal the NBA tips off tonight. You have the defending champs, uh, the team that they beat in the Western Conference Final, and the L.A. Lakers going at it. And then the uh, the later game has uh, Golden State hosting Phoenix. And, you know, arguably the four top teams in the West. I, I'm not sure there's a team that I would put it, uh, ahead of those four. Um, you know, some might be in the mix, but those would probably be the top four. Um, the L.A. Lakers started out, to, I think it was November 10th or 12th. They were like 2-10, and 10, and people were like, oh, they're brutal. And then they actually played quite well after that, and then obviously made it all the way to the Western Conference Final. You look at they've surrounded LeBron. You know, they got the two big guys. My Still my concern about the Lakers is, come crunch time, do they have enough shooters to win? Well, I, I think, you know what, I, 
I don't shooting to me isn't the problem the Lakers the Lakers have Jason uh, I know what you mean do they have enough shooters to win I don't know LeBron's 39 uh, he he can't guard like he used to the bigs are good uh, they've got they've got a good supporting cast here here's how I read the Lakers they're good and if they stay healthy they're going to be a, a good team this year but are they good enough to displace the Nuggets or the Suns in particular, and even the Warriors, if they come together and if Chris, Hall, Chris Paul is healthy for a good part of the season, which we know is if you're a Vegas better, take those odds, that that's not going to happen. But I, I just don't see how anybody, if, uh, if the Nuggets and the Suns are healthy, it really doesn't matter what the Lakers have. They're not going to be good enough to beat that team, those teams. Okay. That's, that's just how I see them. LeBron can't carry them to the promised land. They have really good players around him, but I just think the Suns and the Nuggets are the class of the West and are going to be really hard to beat. Well, I want to ask you about the Suns um, because on paper, they look pretty good. But paper and then on the court are two very different things. What do you make of all the offseason trades there and why are the Suns better in your eyes? I just think they're really talented, Jason. And that's a great question. On paper, on court, two different things. You also, the, 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 biggest, the biggest challenge for this Suns team, which, by the way, has one player, uh, Devin Booker, left over from their, cha- their year they got to the NBA Finals. One player. They have thrown every baby out with all the bathwater. And so I, I look at them. They've got a ton of talent a ton of scoring ability, will they be able to develop chemistry and will they be able to exploit the strengths of so many good players with similar skill sets, guys that can shoot the ball, guys that can put the ball on the floor, guys that can score in bunches. When you have a lot of the same guys doing, doing the same thing, how do you find that chemistry so Bradley Beal doesn't have to average 28 a game on this team. He has to average probably 16 and play good defense and be the release for Kevin Durant or Devin Booker. Booker doesn't have to average 25. He has to average 21. The key to me is Kevin Durant. Do they let this be Durant's team and let Kevin Durant dictate what happens on offense? Or do they try to share the ball? I tend to think that they're going to make this Durant's team and build everything around him. And are they good enough then for that to be a championship mix? What about the Raptors? What do you make of their offseason? New coaching staff has come in. Uh, you know, Fred Van Vliet is gone. Uh, you know, what's a realistic win total, do you think, for the Raptors? Well, I've seen anything from 42 to 48. Uh, 48 to me seems like a lot for this lineup. It's an odd like when I, I was just going through the Raptors lineup, and I, I, it's an odd, it's the same thing I think we were talking about last year, Jason. It's kind of an odd mix. Barnes, Siakam, Ananobi, kind of the same player in many respects. Pirtle, a traditional NBA center, and Trent and Schroeder at the guards. Now, you know, uh, uh, you and I talked a few weeks ago, and to me, it's going to be a question of whether new coach Darko Rajakovich will let Schroeder go and let him be more of an impactful player because Schroeder was great in the World Cup this year. Mm-hmm. Gary Trent's a very good player, but it's a, it's a weird mix. And then their bench, uh, Grady Dick, he's kind of an unknown, but he could be a shooter that they desperately need. Boucher, Precious, again, guys like uh, Barnes, Siakam, and Ananobi. So it's an odd mix of players. They, they're going to create a lot of trouble for uh, other teams on defense as they have historically. But are they going to be a one-on-one type of team, or are they going to be a ball movement team? It, it, to me, there's all kinds of question marks around this mix of players. Damian Lillard in Milwaukee. I like it on paper. Um, man, he's one of the best shooters out there. Like He can shoot the ball. He can distribute it. Obviously, uh, Giannis is, is a heck of a player inside. Does this make the Bucks like for like a legit contender again in your eyes? It does. Uh, I think the blend of Lillard along with Antetokounmpo, but you add in Chris Middleton, 
that to me is what makes him a legitimate contender is you have another veteran uh, proven offensive weapon along with inside outside with Lillard and Antetokounmpo uh, Lillard looks like he's willing to share the ball to, to me, uh, to me, it's where, where is Lillard's headspace at? Because he kind of went reluctantly to Milwaukee. He obviously wasn't thrilled. Now, is he a pro? Does he really want that ring badly enough that that's all behind him now and he's totally focused in on, on being the kind of player uh, he should be for the Bucks or not? I, I, if, if he is, to me, they're the favorite, slight favorite over Boston in the East. But Boston's going to be extremely good as well. But I think Lillard, I think this this off season, these off season moves have made the Bucks better if everybody stays healthy. Paul, great stuff, man. We appreciate it. Good having you back on. We'll talk to you every week. Look forward to it. Thanks so much, Jason. There you go. That is uh, Paul Sir from basketball. Uh, formerly from uh, Basketball Alberta, former uh, player, coach in uh, Europe for a long time. Great analyst on basketball. Look forward to uh, having him back on the show every week. Uh, when we return, Sean Brown is going to join us. We have a uh, study coming up. Uh, also, we'll go to Minnesota to uh, break down the wild, where the orders haven't had a lot of success there. Did you know in their last 40 visits to Minnesota, they've won 10 games? That's dating back to uh, 2005, 2006. Ten wins out of 40. They've lost their last five straight. But the Wild are really leaking. And I know when you hear Minnesota, honestly, if you could say, and I, I'm going to do a test right now. When I say Minnesota Wild, one word for you as a fan, what do you think of when you think Minnesota Wild? I know a word. I'm going to guess 50% of the people have the same word. Text her right now, 833-401-1440. We'll get to the uh, con man in a sports 1440 update brought to you by BIE Engineering. Specialize in all your residential, commercial, and industrial structural engineering needs. Go to BIEENG.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.